Well, everyone, and thanks for tuning into this episode of Unscripted. Today, uh, I get to hang out with John Bowen. John is one of our residents here at Grace, and this is going to be a great episode. Loved hearing a sense of humor. He's got great metaphors, uh, talks about his missions experience, all about how his family ended up here at Grace. So many awesome things. So you definitely want to stick around, check out his story, and then uh, let's let him encourage you. And then, of course, we can turn around and see how God can use us to encourage each other. So, all right, here we go. Next episode of Unscripted. Chewy indeed. Speaking of which, hey John, how's it going, buddy? Hey Joe, it's going good, man. That's awesome. So we uh, we're just sitting here and uh, we're going to talk about John's story and his life and all these fun things. And I promise you're going to want to stick around for that. But before we do that, what he just said was punch it, Chewy. Uh, why would that ring a bell, John? Like what? What? Uh, <laughs> do you like Star Wars or something? Uh, I I in fact yes. <laughs> yeah, just a just a little bit. Just I a little bit. May have seen the movies a few times, a uh, few dozen times. Yeah, watched all the shows and watched YouTube videos about the shows of stuff that I missed in the shows and movies and theories yeah. on future stuff. Yeah, I wish I could make fun of you right now, but I'm like, yeah, <laughs> cool. Right. Uh, like, matter of fact, my license plate thing says "Punch It Chewy," so. Yep. All right. So here we are. <laughs> here we are indeed. So John, uh, you're a resident here at Grace Church. Yes. Uh, you've been doing that as of this recording for like, what, nine months, eight months? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. That's pretty awesome. So uh, how how did you get to that point? How, how did you end up being a resident at Grace Church? Well, that, my friend, is quite an adventure. Awesome. Well, we got plenty of time. All right. Yeah. So where where would you want me to start, man? Like, I mean, I could start back with the the fam. Um, that could be, like, just in these recent months. Sure. Well, why don't really why don't we actually do, why don't we back up a little bit even beyond that? Like, John, how how did you um, find yourself at Grace Church? Yeah. Okay. That that's been uh, that was kind of a crazy crazy story. So like growing up, I was. Uh, we were kind of a half and half family uh, when it came to religion. My my mom was Catholic, and my dad didn't really uh, want anything to do with with church. So growing up was a little odd. And you know, I, my mom raised us Catholic and um, got very acquainted with that way of life and and how to kind of do the things that you're supposed to. Learned about God, about Jesus, in in that way. And then uh, once I got to high school. Uh, realized that I was kind of renting my mom's faith for for a good bit, and um, my patience kind of wore out with with that whole lifestyle. And so it was uh, it, w- it was a rough season for us. What what ended up happening was my mom and I would start getting into some. She would call them conversations. I would call them like I would have a temper tantrum. That's I mean you just call it how it was about uh, about church and about um, about God and just how we were living. Um, it was a very, uh, it was a very like rule following kind of environment. Like do these things, don't do these things. God's a God with a checklist and like a grading scale, that kind of thing. And once I got to high school, uh, that was, 
that wasn't very appealing to me anymore. Uh, so we had, we had some conversations. I had some temper tantrums and was like, Hey, I need something different. Um, this just isn't doing it for me anymore. And she actually took that to heart being the awesome mom that she is. Um, hi mom. (laughs) Um, little shout out there. Uh, and yeah, so she took that to heart and actually looked for some churches, uh, in the area that, um, were kind of non-denominational, more modern, uh, environments and grace was at the top of that list. And so we kind of found grace through Google. Gotta love Google, man. Wow. Yeah. Google for the win. Google for the win. And now we've been here for the past like seven, eight years, something like that. Very cool. been nuts. So when, um, when did you start to get serious about your personal faith then? So you, you end up here at the church and your family is just a fun story. I mean, we could probably interview each of them for one of these interviews. They're just a blast. Oh, dude. Uh, and it's really cool to see how God's working in their lives too. Mm-hmm. But when did, what happened and what, when did you get serious about your walk with Jesus? Yeah. So I was, um, so growing up, like I kind of mm-hmm. learned about Jesus, about God, kind of learned who he was, um, had all those like all those stories memorized of kind of some of the miracles of Jesus and everything. But, uh, it was never a relational focus on that. It was more so like, do you know this or do you not? And I was never taught that God actually wanted a relationship with me more. So like he was just kind of looking and monitoring, watching over, like trying to see, uh, where you were, uh, doing well, where you weren't like, is your good outweighing your bad? And, so coming to grace, that was a huge culture shift or a huge shift in just that whole paradigm was that God's actually this, this friend, this father figure that wants a relationship with you, who wants to spend time with you, um, wants to encourage you, wants to grow you. And that took a long time to actually deprogram what I had already learned uh, and start investigating what that actually meant. Because for the longest time, my faith was my mom's. Mm-hmm. Um And so it wasn't until like we were at Grace for probably a good two, three years. Uh, It was like my freshman year of college where I just started hitting a wall where I was I was trying so hard uh, to find community. I was feeling very alone, Um, was uh, was recently like just had a lot of life situation happen where I just kind of got let down where I'm like, I thought I was doing the right things for you, God. I thought I was doing well. I thought my good was outweighing my bad. Why is this happening? Uh, And it was actually through a class that I was taking at University of Akron that uh, God started to make more sense. Kind of funny, like how that all worked out, but it was this class on heroes. And we were, so we were diving into what it meant to be a hero, like that pattern that most heroes go through. And towards the end of the semester, like using some of that knowledge, I was, uh, I was walking to my car one night, was asking myself, you know, who would be my hero be? And dude, naturally Spider-Man popped up because (laughs) Spider-Man is the coolest person ever. Uh, Luke Skywalker is a pretty close second. Like, um, if you cannot, if you haven't already been able to tell him what would happen if Spider-Man could use the force, uh, like amazing things, amazing, (laughs) amazing things. Um, that would be a crossover I'd be so willing to, to uh, see. Um, Luke Spider-Walker? Luke Spider-Walker. I like it. <laughs> Luke Sky Spider? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Marvel? 
I hope you're taking notes. Um, we got we got your next <laughs> shout out to you because obviously you're listening as well. Yes, yeah, phase Hi, seven of the Marvel series. Like, we got it. <laughs> um, but but no. So I was walking walking to my car and I was trying to think through who that person would be for me, and uh, eventually kind of got on the name of Jesus and I was like, well, that'd be that's interesting. I don't even think Jesus is a hero in that regard. Um, he's just he's this God that like recently has been kind of, um, messing with my life. Uh, I had a direction for this. Um, and he kind of blew that up and I can't please him. I can't like, I don't feel good enough to have a relationship with him. What's going on. And so I started running him through that pattern. And, uh, the crazy thing was I, all that knowledge that I had started to, that I had learned through like my upbringing and then all the all the stuff that I've been taught of at grace uh just started like flowing I like the way that I could best describe it is like it the floodgates broke open between my head and my heart and like Mm. I actually started experiencing oh my gosh I think God actually loves me for me and that this isn't something I have to earn this is just like he just wants me like he just wants to be with me I don't have to do anything for uh his affection for his love for his care um, he just wants me to kind of reach out and take his hand. And so like that night was, uh, insane. I remember calling my parents and like, uh, I was sobbing. I'm like, it was like 1230 at night. They're like, what's going on? I'm like, I think I just accepted Jesus. And they're like, that's pretty cool. Please like get home safe. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll talk more when I get home. But it was, yeah, it was a very emotional moment for me of just feeling that acceptance, that love of exactly where I was at. I was broken and I didn't need to fix myself to go to God with that. So that's kind of nuts. That's amazing. It's like God just brought you home. You didn't even know you weren't at home, but there you were finding yourself for the first time at home. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's amazing. And this is like one of those moments where I can't help myself. I'm like, if our listeners haven't had a moment like that, Mm -hmm. like, please talk to a leader and just like seriously run after the Lord because he's got a place in his home for you too. And yeah. so such a big deal, such a big deal. Well, thanks for diving into that some. Now, yeah. John, um, there's a, a unique way that you started to like get super involved at Grace. Like most mm. people, mm-hmm. you know, like they find the life group and, and you've been in groups, um, you know, or, or, or they'll start serving around here. And again, you've served around here, but uh, not everybody has a, a, a unique story like you do. Tell us about what this unique way is that you've been involved at Grace and how that's yeah. impacted your life. Yeah. As you were kind of uh, leading that up, I was like, oh, if this is, if he's thinking about something that I'm not thinking about, this is going to be really interesting. But I think we're on the same page. Man, it really would be. But all right, I'm just going to shoot my shot and we're going to see where it goes. All right, but, here we go. <laughs> but no, I, I first started getting involved uh, through one of our actual, our global partners. Uh, down in Mazatlan, Mexico, called Shoulder to Shoulder. That's not it at all. No, do something different. No? Okay. All right. Well, um, so I started watching Marvel movies. And <laughs> That's it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, yeah. Shoulder to Shoulder. Yes. Awesome place. Shoulder to Shoulder in Mexico. Yeah. I went with our young adult ministry uh, down there on a missions trip. Um, I had actually gone shortly after first coming to Grace, like in high school. Um, so that was like before I was a believer and everything, I just... I had some friends that were doing it. I was like, oh, this must be what good Christian guys do. I'm just going to go on this and do that. And came away like somewhat impacted, but uh, didn't really know what was going on uh, most of that week and didn't uh, have the confidence or the um, 
desire to kind of stretch myself in that week just kind of stayed in my own little bubble. And so going back down with our young adult ministry, like I've been following Christ here for like a few months and was like, okay, all right, God, uh, I guess we're, we're doing this. Just kind of like stumbled into it really. Um, that's kind of how I roll. I just kind of like stumble into <laughs> stumble into things, and God kind of makes God makes uses the, your quote unquote gift of clumsiness. Is what yes, exactly. Yes, that is a very eloquent way to put it. <laughs> but yeah, so we spent a week down there. I was super convicted about using uh, my ability in Spanish. So I've been learning Spanish for about six years at that point, and I was like, you know what? I really want to use this, and God kind of opened the doors like multiple times throughout that week to actually engage in that, to um, create some really cool friendships. The entire time that we were down there was working with another young adult ministry that was uh, in that area of Mazatlan. And so had some really cool interactions with those guys, got to translate a little bit. Um, really, if, like if, if you don't know me, I'm a super introverted person. So for, for me to kind of like be in those environments and in those spaces and willing to kind of step out and be the, the voice of the conversation, that was so not me, like fully attribute that one to God. But uh, we got to the end of that week and John and Rachel Reeser, the directors of Shoulder to Shoulder, sat me down and they were like, hey, we hear you know a little bit of Spanish. And here I was going into that conversation thinking, okay, I'm about to get deported. I don't know what I did, but I can explain. I, I didn't mean to do whatever I'm being accused of, but they were like, they were like, no, 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 you're not in trouble, you're not in trouble. Um, we actually would love to actually uh, invest into you a little bit more. Would you be willing to come down for a summer and do something like this? Um, where I actually help on our end of things and help lead, help translate, help help people connect the way that you have been doing this week and that was a absolute like crazy uh offer i mean spend three months in a different country that you somewhat know the language in uh and and live there and help lead people in that way i'm like i don't i'm not qualified for this i don't know what in the world i'm doing like i'm barely getting through conversations um but and I was actually going to turn it down. I was actually going to turn the offer down. I asked them to let me think about it for a while. I uh, was going to turn it down. Had a very good friend of mine, um, kind of uh, l- like lovingly, confront me of like, "Dude, are you kidding me? You need to do this. You like this is so God kind of opening this door for you." And so jumped into that. Spent a summer down there and found a love for the people of Mexico, like the, uh, especially in Mazatlan, I like, I like to say like, I have a second home down there now, um, which is the the coolest thing. And also like, I'm always missing home. Um, so, but got to invest into those, into those guys down there. They got to invest into me and grow me in a lot of different ways. I've learned so much through just getting really yeeted out of my comfort zone, not necessarily stepping out of my comfort zone, but being yeeted out of my comfort zone uh, down there and just seeing God work and seeing his church, capital C church, be that where you can be from two different cultures and be worshiping the same God and like trying to serve him in that way. And it's all through relationship. It's all through relationship. Like I have grown up for the longest time trying to uh, kind of earn it, like be very task oriented. And all of this work has, has been 
now we're going to relationally just love people where they're at and we're going to change the world one person at a time and that has been so cool to kind of see play out over the years that's so amazing john i love not only well i don't even know how to quantify this like everything about that i love uh, I love what God did in and through you there. I love the things that he developed in you. Obviously, your Spanish is through the roof now. If you don't know the word yeet, uh, that's in the Spanish. I'm just kidding. It's not. Uh, that does not uh, translate I, I very well. It. I'm just, <laughs> I can't imagine it does. Uh, <laughs> Como se dice yeet? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work. Um, and so, um, but I also love um, the mission down there and stuff like that. As a matter of fact, this podcast uh, in some ways, at least lately, has indirectly become almost like the shoulder to shoulder at Grace podcast because a little bit. Uh, one of our last episodes in 2019 was with John Reeser. Mm. So he was in town and uh, that cascaded a bunch of things for a family here um, named the Falkenbergs. And our previous episodes right before this are Ben and Tanya talking about their journey to end up in Mexico. So they're in yep. Costa Rica right now. Love those guys. Uh, of course, we love Ben. He's been the voice of this podcast up until this point. Um, it, it, there's just so many reasons to love Ben and Tanya and the kids. But um, but so moving that aside, <laughs> um, it's because these experiences in Mexico, what God yeah. is doing in Mexico in this what feels like incredibly special relationship that God has formed between shoulder to shoulder and the churches down there and Grace Church, like there's something special going on. There's something happening. John, if our listeners, I mean, at worst, they're like, can we please stop talking about Mexico? Mm -hmm. Uh, And at best, they're like, wow, like maybe I should get involved in this. Yeah. If our listeners have never been down there to serve with our partners there what would you tell them like should they go i might be a little biased but i would say yes yes 100 percent, 110 percent, yes um it is it is one of the most stretching but life-changing experiences uh to be able to experience god moving in a different culture that's kind of outside of your norm um so we don't really understand what our norm is until we're kind of out of it mm-hmm. and so that is a that is a huge um component of like kind of getting outside of our bubble like there is so much more going on in the world than just like what's happening in our little slice of dirt uh, and so i think that's a big part of it um i think also it's it's understand like this is what why we do missions is like it's an act of worship like mm-hmm. when it comes down to it and um, that word worship, like a lot of times we equate it to like music and like, you know, kind of singing, but, uh, really like our lives are, are, um, meant to be an act of worship towards God and everything that we're doing, we're kind of surrendering that over to him. So when you're talking about going like overseas, uh, into a, a different culture, a different language, a different like way of living, um, you're kind of, you're sacrificing like time, money, your comfortability a lot of times. And you're kind of engaging in something where you don't have the control. I know for me, like, that's a huge thing. Like, I like to, I'm a very analytical person. I like to be, like, uh, just everything super detailed and everything. And if you know anything about Mexico, uh, that is the, um, they're very relational and very fluid with, like, time and schedule and all that good stuff. So it gets you, it gets you in these environments where, uh, 
you are almost um, you almost have to depend on God and it's so cool in those moments of surrender in those moments of worship where he works insane miracles in your life and in the lives of the people around you you actually like you see God working both in you and around you and I know for me like I would not be the man that I am without any of those experiences if it were up to me I would have stayed comfy I would have stayed here I would have like just kind of gone about my my day but going uh, down on like those missions trips the way I like to to say it like a missions trip isn't just a Christian vacation Mm -hmm. Um, it's not just a week away from your other 51 it's a week to change how you live the other 51 um, when you come back home and those that's not just an experience that stops there Mm -hmm. like our, our the goal of that is that this would actually like help propel us into how do we help people experience moments like the one that I had on campus mm-hmm. where I felt the love of my eternal dad, <laughs> like embracing me and welcoming me home. Um, so I short answer. Yeah, I would, I would definitely encourage it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Outside of, uh, you know, your internships and all those things, you've been a part of multiple of the teams and, those team experiences and the bonds that you form are just absolutely fantastic. And mm. they last a very, very long time. Yeah. You, you mentioned that like worship is much more about like our life. And of course, singing is a part of how we do that. Mm-hmm. But I think using music as a metaphor, you know, like when we step into what God can do in our lives and is doing in our lives, and we actually start to live our lives in that concept of worship, it's almost like we're stepping into harmony with mm. him. You know, we follow him for the ups and downs and we, we yeah. follow him through the slow times and the fast times. And, um, but when we're walking with him, it harmonizes something beautiful is happening. Something wonderful is transpiring in that piece of music. And, and then I think, uh, to just drive the metaphor home, like these trips, these experiences, the buildups with the teams, the walk homes afterward, but they end up being crescendos sometimes in our life yeah. of like, wow, I'm hearing what God has Mm. clearly and loudly and I want more uh, that so. would, yeah that's that's how it worked for me in in my life the way that it worked out was just like I mean I was I, I'm an engineer by uh, by trade like my undergrads in engineering um, and here I am like now in a master's program studying Bible like working at grace um, which is insane like I never would have pictured that but actually getting to go back to the same place and invest into the same people and um, have them do the same to me was, and have God just kind of allow God to kind of wreck me in, in those ways um, of just kind of surrendering over to him in, in those moments where I'm like, I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know what I'm doing, um, but I'm going to trust you through this. Like you kind of got me into this mess. I'm going to trust you to kind of get me through it. Uh, God kind of opened those those doors, and I'm not saying that's that's how it plays out for everybody, but um, it can definitely change the way that you're you're living. It totally changed the course of my life um, through being able to do that. And like you were saying, like some of those bonds, I can genuinely say I have family down there now um, that I get to go back home to and and see, uh, which is was really cool. I also have like four or five Mexican moms at this point, um, which is really fun. Uh, 
and they they <laughs> they're very welcoming and they always want you to eat food even when you're not hungry but you know you're very well fed nice. what, uh, <laughs> what are some of your favorite uh I like that. We're going to go with this. What's some of your favorite food experiences in Mexico? Oh, dude. Okay. There's so there's this one dish. It's called tortilla soup. It is really, really good. It's like a tomato broth with like tortilla um, chips. Like they taste a lot different. Well, not a lot different, but they taste different than what we would normally think of as like tortilla chips. Then you got like chunks of avocado in there and cream, not sour cream, but like just normal cream. Like and cream. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. See, I almost said we, and I was like, I don't know where that came from, but, <laughs> um, but that's amazing. And then there's this, there's this French toast. This is legendary French I toast. I am aware of this French toast. Yes. And it is legendary. It is. It like will if be you, on. If, if you're listening to this and you, I hope you don't like, I hope you like Jesus. So I hope you're not one of the people that don't like Jesus. Um, but if you don't like Jesus and you're like, ah, what is this all about? And you don't like Mexico and you're like, ah, I don't want to go. And you don't want to go on a mission trip. Blah, 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 it's still all worth it. Yes. For this French toast. For this French toast. This will be on the buffet line in heaven. I'm like 100% <laughs> convinced. <laughs> Don Pablo used to be. Shout the out to Don Pablo. Yes. I love this man to death. He's the most amazing person. Um, he makes this like fried French toast that is literally diabetes on a plate, but it is so worth it. It's so, so good. It. It's so good. And just to clarify for all of you vintage Montrose on the Hill people, this is not that Don Pablo. This is a different Don Pablo. Yes. That old Mexican restaurant that used to be up there. Uh, no, exactly. Don Pablo, man, love mm. that man. Love mm-hmm. what he cooks. And that French toast is his legacy. Yes. Which maybe, I don't know if he'd be offended by that or not, because he makes a lot of good food. He does. But uh, that is, it is up there. Yeah. It, and I, I, I like that. It'll be on the buffet line in heaven. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. It's Revelation 23. It's in there. Pretty sure. Of course, that's the same book that says don't add to it. So <laughs> so here we are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's excellent. So, um, well, you mentioned, uh, so yeah, you were in engineering school. You're, you're, a, yeah, uh, you've, you've graduated with that degree. Um, you can, you can make things, build things, design things, all that kind of stuff. No mm-hmm. pressure. But then <laughs> you did this thing, uh, hence us sitting here. You're a resident. You jumped in the seminary. Yeah. Uh, so what's that experience like? Yeah, that, that was, uh, that was definitely a, a little bit of a, um, right turn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not a 180, just a right turn. Yeah. Uh, maybe a couple right turns, you know? <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was something I, so I was getting to the end of, I was in like my last semester of engineering school. And, um, from the first mission, uh, from the first summer that I had spent down in Moz, uh, God kind of put it on my heart that, Hey, what do you think about ministry? And it was just kind of that question. And we kept coming back to that question of like, what would ministry look like for you? What would ministry look like? And I'm like, God, let's talk about this table. It like, I don't want to think about that right now. I got to finish this engineering thing. And here we are, last semester of engineering, and the question was still on, uh, still on the brain, still on the heart. And I'm like, oh snap! I guess I did say that we were going to talk about this when we were done. Um, and God kind of worked through an ama- like amazing ways. In, in that, I was super stressed out. I didn't really know what I was doing, but um, definitely felt God kind of tugging like hey I want you over here I know this makes more sense like you already got a job lined up for engineering you're about to finish school you're about to be done like 
you can live your like normal i don't know happy like american dream lifestyle would you be willing to step into this unknown spot and i was like oh okay all right i guess so um so very begrudgingly like kind of turned that engineering job down and like over the course of a few months um was able to like uh, find out about the seminary program that we have here in Akron so it could stay local stay like invested in all the friendships that I still have here in the the community that I have here with with grace and so yeah that happened and then actually a few months after that you and I uh, got a got a random text from from this man right here and uh, like hey want to talk about residency with you what that would look like um, all things that I had no idea uh, wasn't necessarily looking for wasn't expecting didn't know what to to kind of um make of but knew just kind of yeah felt that like those doors just kept opening of like god providing a way like didn't have a job okay here you go here's here's a way to actually provide in for you in this way um in this way like financially and stuff and um and here if you need some uh, you need some clarification or some, you know, encouragement in this, like throw, throw this at you with uh, grace seminary kind of popping up. Um, being local was like a huge thing for me. So it, it just, it was really, I didn't do like, I couldn't have planned this if I tried really, like it was, it was totally God, like masterminding this, like from, uh, from above, man. Um, I had no idea, but it's been, yeah, it's been a crazy ride thus far. So what's that experience like? Like, obviously, a ton of our listeners have not been to seminary. Like, yeah. is this, well, I don't even want to put words in your mouth. Like, what, <laughs> what is seminary like? Yeah, seminary is, uh, well, it's a lot different than engineering. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Probably. Um, a lot less math equations. Uh, no, this, the crazy thing about seminary is, uh, I, like, it's all about, um, it's about all about helping one you grow closer to God, like in your personal relationship, and then how to help other people do that same thing. Um, the the really interesting thing that I found uh, from orientation, like from the very first time that we met up uh, at our like at our orientation, was that they were like, "We want you to grow closer to God through this this whole experience. Um, we don't think ministry should come at the expense of." your relationship uh, um, with Christ, but more so out of the overflow uh, that of how you are growing uh, in that. And so we're going to, we're going to provide you with some tools to kind of help that, help facilitate that, help, help you grow in that. Um, so we've had classes like the one that we're in right now is like how to help you read the Bible in 3d and in color rather than like as a 2d, like uh, black and white image, like kind of read the words on your page and you're like, okay, all right, I guess, uh, there was this guy named Zacchaeus that Jesus talked to at one point and had dinner at his house. But you actually explore some of the background of what that would look like for Zacchaeus's like job occupation and like the culture of the time and what they thought and how that was all working, where Jesus was at. And so you, you have classes like that, that help you, um, grow in that way and then you have like classes that we've been we've been uh learning how to how to actually listen to people like Mm -hmm. actively and not just like okay what am i going to say next how should i 
oh, I could probably make a joke out of this one. Uh, maybe, you know, I wonder what I'm going to have for dinner. Like <laughs> stuff like that of like how to actually l- love people, how to how to help lead them, how to help disciple them. Um, the irony listen. of you talking about that class at that exact moment as I was typing in a couple of things. I'm like, oh, I should ask John about this and I should ask John about this. And then you're like, and there's this class about listening to people and not just thinking about what you're going to say next. And I'm like, I don't think you did that on purpose. I definitely didn't do that on purpose. And I'm so sorry. No, you're, you're, you're good. Must have been the Lord. Okay. <laughs> but no, really, it's it's all about equipping you to do ministry out of the overflow of what Jesus is doing in you. Um, and that to me is, is so cool of seminary. Isn't just meant for, for people that are, um, necessarily going into vocational like ministry. They're looking to be pastors or whatever. Like it's just another, another tool to kind of help us grow closer to God and help others do that as well, which that personal investment into, into me like people would be willing to sacrifice to to help me grow closer to God and further the kingdom like that people would see that um in in people like me who I'm like who am I like uh, that's that's been like some of the most the most impactful things that have happened through this whole seminary experience thus far that's so cool that's really really cool well, John, as you look ahead to the future, and that doesn't have to be super far out. That can be six weeks from now or six years from now or mm-hmm. 60 years from now because um, you're young enough to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what are some of the things that you're excited about looking ahead? Yeah. Wow. That Or even nervous about. I won't pin it too excited. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think one of the things that I am – actually both about like excited and nervous is uh what kind of comes next after this chapter of residency of uh seminary like when when that kind of when that time that timetable kind of hits zero like what happens after that god like what what are you trying to do right now because uh, in a lot of ways um, the plan that I had for my life, like the 20, 30, like 60 year plan that I had for my life, like five years ago, that got blown up like almost immediately. So I'm like, all right. Uh, in a lot of ways I see my future, you know, like, are you familiar with like, uh, that Mario, like question mark box that you'd hit in the video games? I can't believe you just asked me that question. Well, okay. All right. I mean, in general, I can't like, if you know who Mario is. Yeah, you might know about those question mark boxes mm-hmm. more than you know about Luigi. <laughs> That's, I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, but yes, John, I'm aware of the squares in the Super Mario that have question marks on them. Awesome. Tell me more. <laughs> well, they they have the question marks on them, and you never really know what's going to pop out. Like you have, you know, some of the things that might be in there. So um, I know, like, and running with that metaphor, like some of the things, like I've. God and I have just kind of been dreaming about some of this stuff, like just kind of throwing, throwing stuff on the wall, seeing if it, if it sticks, uh, like thought about what would it look like to go into full-time ministry, uh, in like a pastoral sense, like that's something that's on the brain. Um, a big thing that he and I have been processing is like, is, uh, is missions more than just a seasonal thing that has kind of like brought me to this point. Um, if that would be something that would be more of a full-time thing uh and looking into what it would mean to to be like a potential missionary like join the staff in uh 
in like Mazatlan with shoulder to shoulder or potentially someplace else? Like, mm-hmm. what is that? What does that look like? Which, yeah, processing that through. Um, I fully expect my engineering degree to come up at some point in all of this and like future, uh, whether that's like vocationally going back into the engineering field and just being a light there, or if that's, you know, it pops up in some other way. And, and um, so like there, there are elements in there that I'm like, all right, these could be, these could pop out of this box. Uh, and then there's probably a couple other items that I'm like, I have no idea. Like, God, you could throw a total like curveball and, and, and I could end up somewhere where I'd never thought, like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that, that's one of the things that kind of comes to mind, you know, being a young adult, like you're always getting asked those questions of like, Oh, what's your plan? Like where you see yourself in five years and stuff like that. So that one's, that one's kind of always on the brain, um, a little bit, but, uh, kind of letting God do his thing mm-hmm. and trying to be faithful with what, what's going on, you know, in, in the here and now, but allowing myself to kind of dream, to be nervous about, be excited about like, but bringing that to God of like, all right, what is it that you have planned here? Uh, and then I'd say another one is like, so being able to give back into our young adult ministry collective has been one of my pride and joys, like for the past few years of getting to help people who don't feel like they necessarily belong, feel like they're kind of like that fringe person, that one that, um, it, that person is like, uh, do I really fit in here? Is this really for me? Like getting to work with those people and um, just love on them the way that people did for me uh, when it, when I was in that spot uh, and getting to see see that grow is is super exciting for me and really in in collective kind of seeing people take some of those experiences that I've experienced, especially through like starting up with uh, global trips and like getting more plugged in with our local partners just here in the area and seeing people be passionate about meeting people's like physical needs, but also like being relationally invested more so being relationally invested into like the people that are here and the people that are just across the globe. Like we have, we have trips going to like LA and Mazatlan now that are up and running and people that are willing to jump into that and, like we were saying before with like the whole worship idea of like, you know what, I'm going to surrender this over to God. I'm going to surrender my time, my finances, comfortability. We're going to jump into this and we're going to see what God does through it. And that's just, to me, that's like, that's really, really cool to see my friends jumping into something that I'm like, I know this changed my life. And I'm, I'm so hoping Mm. that you would allow God to kind of change yours through these, these chances too, um, to see like my friends loving on people the way that, uh, that I've been loved on, that we've been loved on is just, that's really exciting. So I'm excited to see where that momentum kind of goes from here. So that's awesome. That's awesome. And your question mark box metaphor is on point. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well done. That's really well done. (laughs) I think that that's, uh, when you talk about that worship and walking in step with him, I mean, to to play with that metaphor, like, I think too many of us are tempted to just walk by the question mark boxes. Hmm. Like, just keep running. Don't even jump up and hit it. Um, but, like, when we jump up and say, all right, Lord, like, what do you got? Mm-hmm. What do you want? Like, it's a game changer. Ha. I like that for keeping the metaphor going. <laughs> but it is for real. Well and, done. And uh, thank you. Uh, and that's it. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
But it is just unreal what God does when you're willing to step out of the norm and let him start to do something special in your life. So that's really, really cool. John, how can we pray for you, man? Dude, um, honestly, uh, could just use wisdom and, and guidance. That's been like the prayer for, for a while now. Um, jumping into, jumping into this whole world. Like, I mean, I've only been, been doing, uh, most of this stuff for, for like less than a year. I, I don't, I have no idea what I'm doing in, in a lot of respects. Good news. Me neither. Awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, uh, no, but being willing to accept that and like lean on on God's wisdom uh, is is a huge thing. Um, I think Solomon had it right when when uh, he asked for wisdom instead of of anything else, and that's that's kind of the example that I've been trying to go with of like, all right, God, where are you leading? Where can I serve you in this? Not just have you bless off on what I'm already trying to do. Um, but really like help me follow you <laughs> a little bit better. Uh, Cause yeah, I, I want that to be, um, I want that to be what is kind of caught. Um, yeah. Cause I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> in a lot of ways. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to get to the point where I have to, where I fake that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really, really cool. Um, so, Mm-hmm. For our listeners out there who are curious, yeah, I'll go through some of your favorites as we wrap up here. So, oh, hit me with these. Uh, what What's your favorite uh, place to go out to eat? Ooh, favorite place to go out to eat would probably be either Olive Garden or Swenson's. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. And what do you order at either of those? Oh, Swenson's would be like a double cheeseburger with like bacon because bacon is the best. Mm-hmm. Also uh, on the buffet in heaven. Mm-hmm. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Uh with a peanut butter milkshake. Oh. Peanut butter milkshake. So good. Yes. Yep. And then Swen or uh from Olive Garden, man, chicken Alfredo. Their chicken Alfredo plus like unlimited breadsticks and salad. I mean right. Yeah. Is is pretty good. <laughs> uh what is your no, favorite home cooked meal? Ooh, oh that's hard. Okay. Uh if we're talking like my mind goes to Mexico. Actually, uh, another one of Don Pablo's, one of my favorites from Don Pablo has been the uh, chilaquiles that oh, he makes. yes. Which are like, uh, an, it's like a breakfast dish with like, uh, tortillas are kind of a staple down there, but like, uh, yeah, pieces of tortilla and like uh, tomato sauce on there with some cream, cheese. Sometimes you throw shredded chicken on there if you're feeling it, like, those are that's really good. I'm getting hungry now. This is uh yeah, this is good stuff. What's your favorite way? You got a little bit of downtime, uh you're not pursuing any of your responsibilities at the moment. What's one of your favorite ways to spend some downtime? Ooh, uh so we have a trail right next to my house uh that I love to go walking on, hiking on, um, go hammocking out there sometimes. Uh love to read actually, which has been really fun. Just uh just finished up rereading the Harry Potter series. So Wingardium Leviosa. Uh, to all of you Potterheads out there, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, love doing that. And then just like anything I can do with friends, man. Bowling, like ultimate frisbee, just derping around on uh, like on video game on the PC, like whatever we can do to have some fun. That's awesome. And uh, last question, last favorite. What's your favorite Star Wars movie? 
favorite Star Wars movie would probably be at, don't judge, Rogue One. Rogue One. I absolutely love that movie. So I'll be honest. Um, I don't know, and since this interview is not about me, I won't say this. (laughs) I don't know if it's my favorite. I think it's the best for sure. Of the 11 movies, I think that is the best cinematic movie that was made for Star Wars. So I will uh, rate you there. Maybe we just lost some listeners. I don't know. But uh, come back. It's not about Star Wars. It's about Jesus. I'm I'm so so sorry. sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Very, very cool. Well, if you're listening and you check this out, uh, you've heard some of John's home runs. Uh, Maybe Mm -hmm. if you, um, I'm going to throw this out there. If you want to bless him and encourage him throughout the week, you know a couple of those places you could stop by and say, you know what? I was thinking of you. Here's an Olive Garden gift card or something like that. And, uh, you know, encourage him. But pray for him when you think of him. Love what God's doing in his life. And, John, thank you very much for kind of opening up a little bit and sharing some of your story with us. Yeah, thank you, guys. This is this is awesome. It's fun to get to do this. Very cool. Well, uh, if we can help you in any way, maybe it's explore some of the things that John talked about. Uh, maybe it's even just simply how do I take some steps forward to see God write more of my story. Uh, we would love to do that. So you can always reach out to us here at the church. Uh, you can always find us at our website, gracechurches.org. Um, it, we, would, we would love to do that. So at this point, uh, this is our send-off statement for the day. We love you guys. We'll catch you next time. Hasta luego.